Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Danielle and this is Make It Make Sense. For those of you that are new, welcome. This is just the podcast where I share my little insights of info, I guess, that I've learned about mental health that I want to pass along to you guys. And just in a little hopes that we can all feel a little bit better about ourselves and have a happier mindset because of it. I'm a huge advocate for mental health, obviously, and of course, going to therapy. And no, this is not a better health ad. I'm genuinely just wanting to spread the message on how important therapy is and that it is like going to um, like a doctor's appointment for your health, for your mental health, and that everyone should be allowed to go, and it is a privilege to go to. Um, whether you don't have the means, you're not in the right place to go to therapy, or whatever it may be as to why you're not going right now, or maybe you have plans to go in the future, we all deserve to be heard and have a voice and to feel like what we are going through and what we have to say matters. And I just hope to, and I want to create this podcast as kind of like an outlet for you to listen to if you're in a bad space and maybe you don't, you feel like you're going to annoy people by talking about it. This is just a place where you can kind of listen in so you could just feel a little bit less alone. Um, it's a little bit longer intro than I normally do, but I always want to say that, just make my message clear about why I have this podcast out here and why I kind of talk about the things I do. Um, when I was going through a lot and like a little bit of dark periods within my own health, I found podcasts were extremely helpful, uh, to pull me out of like a bad mood or, um, just a position where I didn't necessarily feel like I was a hundred percent myself and that I needed a little bit more of support that. I didn't feel comfortable going to my friends with at the time. So thanks for tuning in. There we go. My laptop was not charging after I was plugged in. Anyways, uh, quick disclaimer, right? Quick disclaimer. I'm not a licensed psychologist, therapist, counselor, whatever the hell all that is. Um, I'm just a girl in her apartment who's been sad a lot and has learned how to like work through those motions and sharing their insights because of it. So take everything I say with a grain of salt, all right? No doctor here. Um, But this week's episode will really claim that for sure because this week I'm doing something a little bit different. And I wanna talk about Tana Mojo. Now, for those of you who maybe don't know who that is, Tana Mojo is like an internet sensation icon, I'd say, of the Gen Z, Gen Millennial kind of era. She got really popular on YouTube and her famous kind of like continuous continue to grow based on her branding of being scandalous and embracing canceled culture. And Tana is very well known for being more, uh, like I said before, that scandalous side, being very vulgar, very um, open about sex, relationships, and just unapologetically herself overall. And I've always admired this about Tana, and I think this is why she has such a huge fan base that she has, is because she's fully and completely authentically herself. 100% of the time. And I've recently been going down my Tana kick again. I am a Tana Mojo fan, obviously. Um, And I, but I became a Tana fan later on in life. Like I was much older than I, like it's, it was after TanaCon, which we'll get into in a second, um, that I became a fan. So it's only been recently where I've watched her much older videos, like her story times and kind of got that insider look into what her childhood was like when she was still living in Vegas in her room. And I even think some of these were filmed when she was still living with both or one of her parents. I'm not really sure of the timeline on this, but it's just so fascinating to see these videos from like seven years ago and seeing how much she's grown as a person and in her career since then. And 
also mentally and to hear how the way she talks about herself in some of these story times is so enlightening to understand her mindset and how she was coping at that time with everything she was going through as not only a young girl as a young teenager but also being a teen in an abusive situation that's also in the light of the media and being almost a role model to much younger girls when still being a young girl herself and I, I think it's interesting to see how Tana was almost shamed the same way Britney Spears was in the sense when she was growing up and like talking about sex and being sexy and wanting to attract boys and drinking and alcohol like just things that happen with life like as you get older that that was her brand that she was innately supposed to feel ashamed for but I think it dehumanized what growing up is and what it, that experience is like because these are all things that no kid is going to be a stranger to no matter the situation whether it be through their home environment directly like through parents or siblings or through friendships and going to parties and it's inevitable because this is a way kids like try to go and like fit in with their peers and whatever you get what i'm trying to say but that is essentially like why tana mojo is so scandalous and obviously like throughout the years as she's gotten older and throughout her fame success it's gotten more and more scandalous but and honestly i think it's just lines up appropriately with the way hollywood works and media and what happens when an influencer rises to the level of fame they do while committing and being so dedicated to who they were at the start because tana has always been extremely upfront and honest about being the scandalous vegas ass ghetto bitch like that's kind of like how she brands herself and embraces and i think it's beautiful because it's something that's been consistent throughout all the scandals she's gone through and she's always kind of come back around and been like yo like maybe i didn't handle this fully correctly but this is what i learned this is i just want to know how much i'm there for you guys and she's just been very authentically honest in my opinion that's how it been my uh, impression of her even through the whole TanaCon thing um, but I want to start quickly with her childhood obviously uh, she's spoken very briefly I've heard I've heard rumors I think she did speak about this briefly on the H3 podcast where there is currently a lawsuit Tana has going on about her parents so I don't want to like stick too much on this topic but I think it is important just enough that the lawsuit is in place because her parents have sued her for a defamation which is bullshit um, this was her trauma and the fact that they're suing her because they fucked up as parents just I think says it's enough that obviously there's been narcissism going on but the level I think Tana experienced as being a child of narcissists it really led her to le lean into YouTube as like an escape and I think for a lot of kids that felt isolated or alone within their families YouTube was that family outlet that we could connect to with a greater source of people who maybe also felt out like outcasts and resorted to the internet to find community in and she talks about how she would watch like Jenna Marbles, Shane Dawson all these different channels growing up that are some similar ones that a huge portion of our generation have resonated with because if you think about it when YouTube got started there were such limited people that were entertaining to watch that you constantly wanted to like see like keep up to date with which new videos they had coming out and it was that market of YouTubers that expanded based on this niche group that started and that's like the same group that Tana resonated with that got her into being onto YouTube and growing to the extent she did so it was that same passion she had that of watching these youtubers talk and share who they are with the world and 
being like, yo, like this person makes me feel awesome. I want to be able to do that and be that for someone else. And to me, that's who Tana's been throughout everything. Even now in her canceled podcast, I still feel like that's Tana. Like the way she's the same way she used to tell these story times in her bedroom. I see that right now when she's like telling these story times through canceled. Like I just listened to their one of the newest episodes when um, she comes back from France and the way she Tana Mojo tells a story is like it's like you were there and you're experiencing it with her and she's so raw, like raw during it I'll say because it's such like a passionate journey through her in the story and obviously she's a cancer so that it makes sense as to why but that has been her branding to me and that has been who she's been in my eyes since day one when she started her channel and when she got started story times were the bread and butter of Tana's channel where she would come on and share these crazy story times like um like a nail lady stole from her getting evicted from her apartment or her house or whatever it was and leading back into the years of just crazy instances that happened to her and the basically how she reacted to them and one thing I wrote down just based on watching a couple of these is I think Tana to like these people who are like um because she would like go into like a like small businesses and like restaurants just like around her town like getting her shit done as people do but like something would just go wrong like for instance like with the nail tech lady she got a design done then um i guess the nail tech was like stealing like stole cash from her and just situations like this would happen where it would arise in like her needing to speak to the manager like needing to escalate it because she wasn't being treated fairly in the situation and what I wrote down is she's what Karen's think they're doing in the moment with retail employees or workers where some like an issue comes up where it's like, like, for example, I used to work at Bath and Body Works and if there was like a coupon code and maybe it took like a dollar off instead of like two dollars. Right. For example, like not a huge chunk of change, but like they still want to be like, yo, what, where the fuck is my dollar extra dollar off? When Tana would tell these situations, it'd be like a couple hundred bucks, right? So she's like genuinely pissed off, like, yo, like, why was I charged? Why was this taken out of my bank account? Like, what the fuck is going on? And being a young girl and being a woman, especially I think being like just being who she is and like she looks like a like a small teenage girl. And as a lot of us know, we're shit on. We're like the bottom of the food chain sometimes, I feel like, in the eyes of how people are respected, I guess, you know, or, I mean, okay, that's like a really strong way to put it. I'm putting it like, um, if it's going to be like anyone grown, like a man or a woman, nine ban binary, same with a child, man, woman, nine bon binary, the, the, the younger female will always be shit on because they're looked at as being naive and just ignorant, I guess, and more full of themselves. That's just based on the stigma. I think the patriarchy has branded teenage girls especially in the early 2000s to be so tana being it who's basically an independent woman because her parents aren't really doing shit for her so she's the one who has to like present herself and carry herself through this and she's like yo i'm not being treated fairly in these situations what the fuck are you gonna do about it and how they're just constantly mistreating her for her money and like being cruel to her because of it and because she's a child, there's only so much she could do before she just got to take a step back and be like, you know what? My power lies in the hands of the internet. I'm going to make a story time of this now. And it just reminds me of like bringing it back to my example where we have these Karens come in and be like, oh, what the fuck? Like, where's my extra dollar? It said $2 off. I only got $1. 
where it's not that big of a deal, but I could see where you like would want to know, like, can I get the extra dollar off? But the way they handle it, it's like they're the fucking CEO coming in and they're like, um, excuse me, why the fuck did a thousand dollars just deposit from my bank account? And the way like how if you've ever listened to a Tana Mojo story time and the way she just pops the fuck off at workers when she like hits her fuse, it's so if it's honestly just like it's validating to hear it because you're hearing all the shit she went through and then this is her breaking point. So in the story time, even now I hear I'm like, that was kind of I, I kind of see where she's going. It's justified a little bit. Like, I'm not even going to react to blowing up or getting mad or something because it's an emotion. We all get angry, so why villainize someone for being angry in a situation that put them in the place where they were going to be angry about it? That was a poor way to explain it, but I'm just trying to get to the point where how you see videos of Karens blowing up over, like, a dollar that they missed out on or something, or most of the time, too, it's because it's not like the fine print was read or the because the customer, shockingly, isn't always right. And the flip happens in these Tana Mojo story times where she is the customer. She is right. She is justified in the way she's reacting because the employees are kind of shitting on her and mistreating her because of the situation and kind of robbing her of her fucking money because she's a little kid, not a little kid, like a girl handling this situation on her own. One of the ones I listened to recently was, again, old story time. But she broke like her new phone or like the screen shattered, but the phone itself still worked. She brought it in to get it fixed and the guy, I guess, took something out or did something and now the whole phone doesn't work. But now it's all of a sudden her problem and they're not going to do anything about it. And the guy is kind of being a dick to her and saying like, oh yeah, well my manager's on the phone, his name's Jeff, name wasn't Jeff. And like the way Tana just knew how to like navigate the situation as like a 14, 15 year old girl, I was like, I applaud you girl. Because I never was that kind of person. I was very non-confrontational. Like, if that happened to me, I'd be like, oh, okay, uh, that kind of sucks. And then I'd leave calling my friend, telling her what happened. Um, but Tana's the reason, I think, for myself included, why I loved watching her videos so much is because it kind of inspired me that it's okay to speak out for myself if I feel wronged. Like, it's nothing I should be ashamed to do. Like, if they're going to fuck me over, I have every right to speak out for myself and to speak up and say what I need or say what or get the information I need to know what's happening and in these situations it's so literal like put in a box where she got she did get fucked over for this and it is because of just how that's how it is and it's so shitty and sucky to hear that that's just how it is but being a woman and being a young girl especially being underage you get to a point where there's so much you can do that's so much within your control that you can handle as a child in the eyes of the law because there gets to a point where everyone's just gonna say well fuck you you're a kid i'm not gonna listen to you and move on with their lives because they can't until karma comes and bites them in the ass so even though tana was like a kid recording these story times and sharing them it inspired me to this day even to look at it and from a viewpoint of she's teaching girls to stand up for each other because as women too we're just constantly taught to be less and to be made quiet or that we're wrong because of the fucking patriarchy. And this is goes completely against it, which I feel adds to her brand too in being scandalous and going against the grain because she's loud, she's outspoken, she says what needs to be said, and she stands up for herself. And being a woman, I that's something I was never really taught. And if I was, it was a very passive way where I wouldn't even consider it standing up for yourself, more so as just having a little bit of input. 
which is not standing up for yourself. Because standing up for yourself means you're going to protect yourself and you're going to get yourself through to make yourself feel safe in an uncomfortable situation. Or you're defending yourself and you're defending your peace from whoever the fuck around you is attacking it. And to me, that is exactly what Tana did, especially being a young girl in these situations with grown-ass people who are completely emotionally unintelligent, by the way. But moving on from that. Like I said before, Tana really got into YouTube because of how inspired she was by how these creators like Shane and Jenna made her feel while she was going through a hard period in her life. And creating these videos was a way for her to have an outlet and express her hardships and trauma and kind of just have a way for other people to laugh at the shit she was going through. And in a way, I think Tana made it feel like it was okay to laugh at ourselves by letting the world laugh at her and the shit she was going through. And with that being said too, how passionate she is and how caring she is with her fans, it really just shows how genuine she is. Again, I'm gonna say it. She, cause she is a genuine person. And I don't like when people call her out and saying like she's a bitch or she's fake or whatever, cause I don't think that it, that's true. I think you could paint whatever picture you want through social media, but the pattern throughout my like my uh, impression on her is that she's always wanting to put her fans first and doing the best she can for her fans. And keeping in mind, she's a kid. She's I she, she's like 25 now. And when she was go like when she had the rise into YouTube and everything, she was a kid. She was literally a teenager and people were getting mad at her and shitting on her for thinking she should know and have these responsibilities that adults don't even fucking know or can't even get a hold of. And I think you all know where I'm going into this one now because of who she is. And I'm talking about TanaCon. Now, what is TanaCon? Well, I'm so glad you asked. TanaCon is this convention that Tana Mojo created for her, for her and her fans and other creators that was kind of a huge fuck you to this other convention um, for YouTubers and creators where fans can come and meet their favorite creators called VidCon. Leading up to this, VidCon completely shit on Tana Mojo because of the scandal of Tana's brand and who she is and the way I, the media and society, I feel like, portray her and kind of villainize her to be like the bad girl of social media or whatever. And that kind of tarnishes the good the good kid kind of image that YouTube was kind of branding for themselves with like O2L, Joey, Joey Graceffa, like these like more, no, I don't want to use the word vanilla, but these less, oh fuck, fuck it. These more vanilla like characters, I guess. And then Tana comes up and they're like, well, that's not really the audience we want. And from a marketing standpoint, it makes sense because cat it's, the parent, because um, this is an event for kids. Who's going to pay for their kids' money for their kids' ticket most of the time? The parents. What are the parents not going to want to see? Someone talking about sex, fucking other people. That is sex. But someone who is scandalous and kind of goes against that good girl image of get, of wanting to get good grades and have like this very clean kind of look. Tana's not like that, and she's never pretended like she was. So the fact that VidCon's audience and their market is the opposite of who Tana is, even though her brand and who she is attracts people of all walks of life. But because it goes, her brand goes against what they represent, that's why they chose not to make her a featured creator. But they did 
choose to use her image and to market her for to entice people to come. Um, this is the second year, I guess, that they were going to, that they kind of like teased her that she was going to be a featured creator when Joey Graceffa had this huge, I forgot what it was called, but when he had this like series come out with all these different YouTubers and he and Tana Mojo was in it with it. And at VidCon, this was going to be when Joey Graceffa was going to release, I guess, the first episode or whatever it was. So VidCon used the marketing from this this uh, movie to promote for their entire event, their entire convention. And because Tana's in the movie, her face was on all of the marketing for this VidCon. But they wouldn't let her be a featured creator. And to be a featured creator, she has, she has multiple YouTube videos explaining this, where the, she talks about how VidCon just wouldn't make her a featured creator and how much of a hassle it was for her and her team, like a fucking nightmare. Because when you become a featured creator, VidCon gets you a room at the hotel so you don't have to worry about commuting or getting there on time or anything. You get a pass that leads you to all these little tunnels that connects you so it's for safety and so like safety for yourself and your team so you can kind of get to all your panels on time, but also so crabs won't mob you, which is a, obviously a safety, regu safety regulation. Now, that was the thing that Tana and her team had the biggest issue with was being mobbed. Because she didn't have this featured creator pass, the security would not let Tana and her team go through these tunnels. Like, they were total dicks about it. So Tana essentially had no choice but to run through the hotel to get to her panels with her team just basically trying to shield her the best they can. But she was still creating the mobs because of it. And that goes against VidCon's policy, so they kept threatening her and kicking her out because of the mobs she was creating. And they claimed it was against their safety violation. In reality, from a marketing standpoint, again, obviously Tana is a huge creator and she is going to bring in a big ass audience because of who she is alone. Now, her face was completely used as like, a, like, you know, when you um, go to McDonald's and you get a burger and it looks nothing like it does in commercials and they claim like, oh, well, it's like a marketing, like you can't claim like it looks the exact same when you get it. And I feel like that's what's happening here is you see this image of Tana on the screen, but they don't claim that she's actually going to be a part of it. They just have her image in there like she's decoration, essentially. And it's so shitty and unfair to Tana Mojo because she's not getting paid to be at VidCon, but she's showing up for the panels for her t her fans because she doesn't want to let them down. And that prior the VidCon she went to the year prior, they completely banned her from because of the mobs she was creating, which was completely out of her control. From, my, from this perspective, I see Tana as just being a creator who wants to be there for her fans and show up for her fans. And VidCon just wanted to use her image to get more people to come to their event. To get the Tana Mojo followers to come to their event without having to have Tana be an actual creator where they would have to pay her to be there for. She's showing up for her fans because of her fans, out of love for her fans. Not because VidCon was paying her, because of any brand endorsement that she was getting to be there, but because she just has this love for her fans. And when the second year came where they still did this to her, and on top of that, they used her face as a marketing ploy to bring in a bigger audience, that's when Tana turned around on year three and went big fuck you to VidCon and created TanaCon, which is very similar in the sense where she'll have featured creators, obviously including herself, at a venue, to, and that, that she also said was going to be free because VidCon tickets are also insanely expensive. 
I remember she was even talking about how much VidCon meant to her and how much she's been wanting to go for years and years and years, but she just couldn't afford the ticket. And so being able to come to VidCon as a creator was a huge, unrealistic dream for her. And that they did this to her on top of all that, I just can't. It's like the saying, like, you don't want to meet your heroes. And this is an exact example of it. Because she had this opportunity to go to VidCon and it was nothing like she dreamt of it to be. And I'm, it, I, my heart really goes out to hear her to hear that disheartening experience she had. Obviously, it's been a couple years now since then, so I'm not sure what her relationship with them are, look like now. But I'm not talking about that. I'm leading now into TanaCon. So like I said, TanaCon was like Tana's big fuck you to VidCon on year three that it was happening. And the third year, she was kind of having these relations with VidCon. So like I said, she was getting a bunch of different creators to come. I know Shane Dawson was supposed to come, and he then created the spinoff series about TanaCon, which kind of explains it more into like the points I'm going to get into in a second. But that kind of like really exposes the business side and the positioning Tana had versus um, the company she was working with to create this event was. And TanaCon, I genuinely believe her intents in creating this event to have it be as cheap as possible, like as affordable as possible for our fans. Like there's a, a lot being said of the free tickets and getting goodie bags. And the way she was hyping it up, I completely see is just like when you get really excited about what could be and someone tells you, yes, you could have it. You just start to dream about it. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And not to make excuses for it, but because of how scorned she was from VidCon, translating it into the environment of TanaCon I think allowed her to have that freedom and that space to have her moment and to be this creator that everyone knows and loves her to be under no terms and be like, fuck you to all the rules. Like that's like, that is Tana. And if anything, I feel like TanaCon is just Tana owning her brand to the most literal extent. Like she created her brand on YouTube. YouTube, if you could say, is like the teacher or whatever that teaches or helps people like get to where they are. And then like your like graduation day is like VidCon or whatever, or uh, meet the teacher kind of meet the parent kind of day. I don't fucking know what I'm trying to say, but um, when Tana went around and said when they were like wouldn't let Tana be a creator and treat her fairly, it was kind of like a whole like well fuck you to VidCon. I'm just gonna do whatever I want. In a way, I feel like that's kind of like a poetic way of looking at it. But and unfortunately, I think with the intent, despite Tana's actions and her genuine intent and in wanting to create this fun environment for her fans to meet her and their other favorite creators in, greed and ego, I feel like, got in the way of it. And especially, like, listening to her story times, and she takes full accountability for this, too. But the way, I think the anger blindsided her a little bit with, um... VidCon and just wanting hers to work out as smoothly and as perfectly in her head as possible with the whole goodie bag thing that yeah the other thing I want to first take note of she was a kid I think she was 19 when when uh, TanaCon happened and being someone who has tried to organize events for a company in my 20s it's a fucking nightmare it's fucking I would never wish that upon my worst fucking enemy to do that all by themselves like, you need a full team, and it's not cheap. Like, it's way more expensive than I would have ever guesstimated it to be. So to be a 19-year-old put in a similar position, and people are just throwing numbers at me, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. If you guys really think that works, like, you're the experts. Like, as a 19-year-old, if I want an event to happen, and I have a 
event team I'm working with to make it happen, I'm putting my full trust in them because they are the experts. They are the ones who are familiar with the numbers, who are familiar with the companies and the, or and the brands that you, you need to work with to get these deliverables to happen. Even with um, when in the Shane Dawson series, when they kind of talk about, well, what happened? And they talk with the um, event company about, well, what do you think went wrong? And from their side, they're saying how Tana was throwing all these requests at them last minute that they couldn't get handled. And from my standpoint and being someone who has been in that position before, I clearly know it's that's the point where I feel overwhelmed and I feel like I fucked up so much that I feel like there's no turning back and maybe I can get this one thing going. And even if you have the support of your team, timing is inevitable. You can't control how much time something's going to take or when something doesn't arrive or anything like that. And it's everything for events. So rolling with the punches is just like, sometimes that's just how it has to be. And sometimes not everything's going to have to work. But from my understanding of how this all panned out, it was too big of a focus on making it better than VidCon and making it cheaper than VidCon. And th the, because those are the two main arguments on why TanaCon was happening, I think it lost sight of what this event was going to be for the fans, putting the fans safety at first and having, making sure like that was the priority over the, the budget or what it was going to look like at the final result or what like gifts or goodies they were going to get at this event. Like a fuck you. I got better gifts. I get at a TanaCon than you VidCon kind of thing. And obviously we saw how the clips from TanaCon were horrendous of people being dehydrated, passing out, getting sunburned outside in the fucking sun in Anaheim, which, oh my God, I, I can't even imagine that. Like that is just horrible, horrible, horrible to see how these people were just like baking out there for like an egg, just wanting to see their favorite people there and their favorite creators. And it, it is heartbreaking and I'm not, and I'm glad Hannah's told herself accountable since then. Obviously like there's been a shit ton because of it, but I don't want that to go unnoticed either because it was horrible mistreatment that those people who attended did go through. And I hope everything since that encounter has been resolved and with it, but it's, it just wasn't fair to the fans at the end of the day, but I do see Tana's intent behind it and the way she speaks about Tana Khan, her experience with it, it does come from a place where she's like, I just want my fans to have a good time for it. And with that being said, the following year, she had met Jake Paul. We all know the moment where Tana Mojo and Jake Paul fell in love, maybe, and got married. Whew. Now, I feel like this was the marriage that broke the internet. I think this happened like around 2020. I didn't look anything up. I'm so sorry. But obviously everyone thought that the relationship between Jake and Tana was a huge media play. I think it was too. But I do think that they admired something about each other where they saw they could benefit from one another. Because I, I could see from Tana's standpoint and being a girl who's been attracted to many terrible men in my day, I could see how she's both attracted to Jake and admires him. You know? Because it's clearly, this is great for their career. Like Tana is being exposed to that whole community of Jake Pollers, whatever the fuck he calls his guys. And then they're, and then like her fans are kind of able to see a glimpse into him. 
And for myself, I remember when Jake was on, um, for those, also I'll just preface it. Jake Paul is a former Viner and I think he used to be on a Disney show, but he blew up on TikTok and on YouTube for being like creating this like team 10 house, which is like a house of YouTubers. And he has like a shit ton of money for it basically. Um, other than that, I just see white male entitlement playing a factor into why he's so successful because he's kind of a dumbass, but he's a manipulative dumbass. So I get it, Tana. Like that's kind of my type too. So, um, so Jake's audience is obviously more of that, like a good guy kind of attitude. Like that's like his image that he's kind of capitalized on as obviously opposed to Tana with the whole thing with VidCon. But from my under impression of him is he is such a fucking controlling freak. Like it kind of pisses me off. Uh, watching Tana's MTV series of Turning 21, I think that's where we get most of the glimpse into who Jake Paul really is. I'm not even gonna touch on the part on um, Shane Dawson's series of J the sociopath of Jake Paul, which I haven't watched in a couple years. But at the time, I was like, damn, like he'd be really spewing some facts then. But this is just my insight from watching Tana Turns 21 on MTV. That he is just a controlling guy who's like, I need to have things my way or I'm going to pout. And Tana is that kind of bitch who, which same girl, I feel you. Who's like, oh my gosh, baby, like, how can I make you feel better? Like, I don't just want to piss them off. Like, if it's like, if we got to get rid of someone, it's chill, like no bad blood. Like, let's just try to dissolve the situation, but let's just make sure he's okay. Like, I just want him to come or something like which is totally fine. You're a girl and you want your man to show up for you. And if this something little is going to happen, it's like, I'm a ride or die bitch. My man comes first. Like if something needs to be done, I'm going to get it done for him so he can be comfortable. But in reality, he's just a little baby pouting and kicking his feet until Tana fixes the problem for him and he gets his way so he could come up looking all cool. In, um, in Tana Turns 21 on her birthday, on her birthday, she has this huge party, right? All of her friends come, all these different people from her managers, uh, I guess her manager's affiliated with too. And I guess someone shows up there that Jake has beef with and he has some bad blood with that he doesn't like. Tana didn't know he was coming. I think her manager invited him. So when the guy showed up, Jake was like, well, I'm not coming. I'm not coming until he leaves. And Tana's like, well, what the fuck? It's my birthday. And Jake made this huge deal how he was not gonna come if this guy was still there. And it's not because Tana was like fucking this guy or every, anything. It was just Jake and this dude had some bad beef and Jake didn't want him there. So Tana then has to kick the guy out or jo or her manager does or someone does in order for Jake to come. And then he kind of comes in looking like he's like all badass, like, like oh, Jake's here. Like, you know how guys get when like, the, like um their favorite boyfriend shows up, I'll say, and they like lose their mind because it's that guy who came in. That's who Jake is in the situation. But the fact that you're really not gonna come to your own fiance's birthday because of someone else, because of some other person's there that's pissing you off. Like, why are they bothering? Why is their presence more important to you than you being there for someone you care about's birthday and you celebrating them? Why is that interfering with it? Because to me, if I cared about someone, if I was trying to show up for their birthday and be present and someone I didn't like was there, I just would, I honestly would just act like they weren't there because why the fuck am I going to put the, the, why the fuck am I going to let that put me in a sour mood and make me be less supportive, be less 
there for like my partner or someone I care about deeply, you know? If it's like a confrontation where like you approach one another, that's different. But just showing up to be there for someone I care about, knowing how much it, my presence means to them on their day, fuck whoever that person was. If we got a fight later, fine. But other than that, just be there. Just be there simply because you love this person. And your love for them matters to you more than your fucking ego of you showing up with someone else that you don't like isn't there. And also with that, I hate how he kind of paints that like good guy image or whatever by he's like, well, I'm just like such a good boyfriend for being here with you. And I just care about you so much. And I see how Tana kind of hypes him up again, girl. I've done this too. No shame. I'm just, I'm just, I know what this is like, (laughs) but it's also in that same controlling sense where he paints himself like, I'm just a good guy. I just want what's best for you, but you're not, you're just doing what fits your agenda. You have no consideration for her or her feelings or how she or what she wants out of the situation and you're not offering her any clarity on it either and how it could be better there was also a situation where jake decided to change the date of the wedding and didn't talk about it with tana so and um in the interaction you clearly tell it's just from his like out of the better for him like he's like well i just thought it'd be better like we can make it so much better if we move the date back like we'll have more time for this and this like just bullshit but the fact that he kind of took that away, like, changes the dates and not even, like, consults with Tana. And she's just like, no, baby, I believe you, like, totally, like, makes sense. Totally get it. Like, I get it because you just want to be a ride-or-die kind of bitch. And it really feels like when you're in a relationship with someone like this, it's like, no, like, you think they're, like, up, like, you're playing equals. Because especially when they're bringing their careers into this, like, this is someone where they're both successful in YouTube. I only think Jake is financially more successful than tana because of that good boy fake image he kind of plays on like he was in fucking disney we all know how disney kind of manipulates young young girls especially how they kind of like villainize them and do the opposite for men i feel like we could like one of the cleanest examples is how zach efron and um vanessa hudgen were, were painted when they were in high school musical um but that's besides the point but it's just like that's the image he capitalized on. That's the image brands are going to endorse, like how TanaCon or how VidCon knows with Tana. And Tana's the opposite. Tana is that, no, I'm like a scandalous girly, which who the fuck hasn't done some stupid shit back in, in their day? Like, Tana just gives us permission to laugh at hers with her because of it, or even at her. Like, this bitch honestly does not give a fuck. And I'm like, I like, I, I again, so much respect for you, Tana. But it just really broke my heart seeing how awful Jake was essentially towards her and how fucking just, just, uh, that man pisses me off. And I've, can we stop glorifying him? Like, he's not that great. He's a boxer now in Puerto Rico. Let him box in Puerto Rico. Let him. Leave him be. I don't, I'm so tired of hearing his name. And honestly, I'm annoyed at how pressed he makes me. So I'm going to be moving on right now. That's all I have to say about him. But all in all, Tana is just the depiction of what being a young girl in the world is like, in society is like. I think she showed that to us on like, um, like to me, Tana shows what happens if you don't follow that good girl path. If you don't, if you're like not the best at school or you don't really like give a fuck about the rules because you're in your home or in your mental health you're so 
lost and fucked up, you're just like, I don't care. I'm just going to be me because nothing else has felt right or justified. So why not just be me and be happy being me and no one can tell me shit because of it. And it kind of sticks into this mentality of seeing how what being in your authentic self is like and how much it does keep you grounded throughout your life and even your career. Especially in this instance where Tana is so publicized and she's she's a celebrity. And the way she's been consistent to herself and grounded within herself is so eye-opening. And honestly respectable because I think like even with the beauty community where people who do fall into that good girl mentality and myself included... It's such like up and down, flippy floppy on like, what the fuck am I supposed to do right now? To myself, I I have borderline personality disorder and a huge part of that I feel was because of how the lack of clarity I had on my own identity and how I was supposed to feel about myself and this way of shaping myself to fit this cookie cutter out of safety and protection. That to me was like, was how I was supposed to protect myself. That's what I thought I was protect myself doing. And in contrast, Hannah was like, well, fuck you. If I'm not going to fit the mold, I'm just going to be who I am because I'm just getting shit on either way. And even like through her story times where she talks in them, like how she tried to do everything right and following the rules. And she even does call herself out in ways that she could have done something better. But she's a kid and she's learning how to do this just like the rest of us. And holding herself accountable and being so self-aware in those situations It helped me bring light to the areas where I had to be extra self-aware and hard on myself to protect myself in situations and the outcome it resulted in. That either furthered me choosing an option that led me not finding who I was or like, it just basically led me down a path that I trusted a false image over myself. And whenever I seen Tana like take breaks or take take a step back from social media, she comes back like Tana again, like a better version of Tana. And even I think like with some of these YouTubers too, who do fit that image of like what being a good kid is like, what being a, like a very good positive influencer, um, role model is supposed to be for parents and kids and how they do get burnt out over time and how they do have to eventually rebrand because it's no longer fitting to their image. It's too kiddish. It's not adaptive to who they are as growing people into adulthood and I don't think Tana really had that anything I think she was like fuck yeah I'm finally 21 fuck you guys you've been letting me, letting me into hide for the last five fucking years and I'm just 21 I thought that was funny um but yeah so I just wanted to share my thoughts on Tana Mojo because I love her and um she's been like my uh Oh, fuck. Like, my comfort show right now. I just watch Tana Mojo videos all day long, and I listen to Scandalous in my car. And, yeah, I just love her. And um, I know a lot of people don't. And she's always a topic of conversation that everyone seems to have an opinion on. So, this is my opinion on Tana. I love you, Tana Mojo. (laughs) But, yeah, so, that's just some input I want to put on that. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be it for this week's episode, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you like this episode, please give me a five-star rating. And uh, if you want to let me know what other episodes you like to see, please leave a comment or send me a DM on my socials, which I will also link below. If you're interested in booking a one-on-one coaching session with me, I'm going to put link my website and my email in the description. So you could send me a message there. Or again, you could send me a DM. Very active on both my TikTok and my Instagram account. But yeah, that's going to be it for this week, guys. I'll talk to you all next week. Happy Friday. 
I love you all so much. Remember, life is easy, breezy, and beautiful, and so are you. Bye!